Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David continues our series on church words with the word sovereignty. Let's listen. Okay, when's the last time that you muttered the phrase, well, that didn't go according to plan? Well, there are times we make plans and the plans just kind of go awry. And so I want you to think for a moment, what are some plans that you have tried to make in your life? I mean, maybe it's been a a particular career path where you said this, this is my plan. I'm going to work my way to this point. Or maybe it's just been as simple as a plan for your weekend. And then the weekend just doesn't go where you thought it would. What I want us to really consider, though, is does God have plans for us? I mean, I think most of us would say yes, right? Well, yeah, God has plans for us, but can those plans also go awry? And what does that look like if God is all powerful? These are some of the the bigger questions that we're going to study today, because as you can see, we're in our series titled Church Words, where we study words that are said in church that maybe are not said as often outside of church. And this is our moment to pause and, and say, let's dig a little bit deeper into this word. And today's word is a doozy. Today's church word is sovereignty. Sovereignty. Now that has a lot to do with what we mean when we say uh, or when we talk about God's plans. You've probably heard before that God is sovereign. But what does that mean? Well, here's, here's the definition for you. So sovereignty means that God is in control of all things and rules over all things. We see this clearly throughout the Bible, that God is in control. An example comes when God speaks to the prophet Isaiah. And God says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Yes, God is in control of everything which means that nothing that happens in this world is outside of that control of God. Yes, God is sovereign. The confusion comes when we say, okay, if God is in control, does that mean that God causes all things to happen? And maybe we we say, we look at examples where it, it really becomes challenging for us to consider how could God cause that? We might look at the the war in the Middle East and say, is God causing that if God is in control? Or what about that friend that I heard was killed by a drunk driver? Did God cause that if God was in control? Yes, we are going to explore this concept, this important biblical concept of sovereignty today. So to begin, I want you to consider the analogy of parenting. I think parenting lends itself well when we talk about control or kind of lack thereof at times. I think we could all agree that parents are, you could use the word sovereign over their household, right? Meaning that it is parents who are in charge, in control, not their children. But does that mean that the children always do whatever the parents want? I wish, but obviously not. And good parents, I think, really allow their children some latitude, some leeway to act a little bit freely, even when the parents know, ooh, you're going to act in a way that 
is different from what I would choose. Even when they look at those children and go, okay, you're going to make some mistakes because I'm giving you the freedom to make them. Those children making mistakes, does that mean that the parents are no longer in charge? Does that mean the parents are not actually in control of what's happening? I don't think so. I think parents say, we're giving you the freedom because that's what it means to, to grow and mature and develop into hopefully the type of person eventually that you, I want you to become. So apply that analogy of parenting and apply that to God. Well, I believe that God is in charge of the world and that God allows humanity a great deal of latitude in how it chooses to operate. I believe that God is sovereign and that God chooses to limit that sovereignty at times so that humanity can freely choose either good or evil. We hold both of these things in tension to say, yes, God is in complete control of our world and also that God limits that control to allow humanity the freedom to act in either good or sometimes evil ways. We have both. So to explore this concept of what we mean when we say God is sovereign, what I want to do is I want to explore a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And, and Paul thoughtfully considers what it means that God is in control of the world. Now, Paul wrote this letter from prison. So I want you to imagine Paul, he's writing this letter, and he doesn't know if or when or if ever he will make it out of that prison cell. He is simply in this really tough time in his life, but he's writing these words. Now, I wonder, do you think Paul might be questioning God's plan for him in that moment? As he is trying to be a missionary, trying to do what God wants and ends up in a prison cell. Well, shockingly, Paul doesn't begin by lamenting his situation or by questioning God, which would be a very human thing to do. Paul begins this letter with a profound sentence of praise to God. Here's how it begins. Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul starts by talking about blessings while he is sitting in a prison cell. How can he do that? Well, what you're going to realize as we study his words is that no matter what was happening in Paul's immediate circumstances, he was able to keep his view on the big picture of what he understood God doing in the world. And what he understood, understood God doing in the world was he said, God is blessing us. God is blessing humanity. God is blessing my life. And that's the truth that I'm going to hold on to. And so even though my immediate circumstances might not point to that, I might be sitting in prison. I might not know if I'm ever going to make it out. I still trust in this bigger picture of what I believe God is doing in the world, which is blessing it immensely. And you know, we can do that too. I mean, the, the people in scripture become the examples for us. And so when we go through struggles in life, and at times those struggles can be 
abundant, can't they? We can say, okay, instead of focusing on whatever struggle is right in front of me right now, no matter how real that is, I'm going to remind myself of the big picture. And the big picture is that God wants to bless this world. And if that's what God wants to do, then God's going to find a way to use whatever circumstance you're going through and find a blessing in that for you too. Now, Paul states that those blessings, that that plan that God has for this world was made even before God created any of this. That's what he says in the next verse. He says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So if God is completely sovereign, and if God is in complete control, then God can make whatever choice God wants to make. And what choice do we see God making here? God chose us to be his people. God chose us as his people to be holy and to be blameless. We sometimes wonder, okay, what is God's plan for my life? Uh, Or if something goes wrong, we might say, well, was that God's plan? But Paul is not wondering that from his prison cell. No, instead, his confidence was in God's big plan of humanity, that he chose us. And he chose us to be his people. And as his people, we are formed in the image and likeness of his son, Jesus, to be holy and blameless. Yes, his immediate circumstances and our immediate circumstances don't change that. They don't change the plans of God. So what what I see there is that instead of wondering if specific career paths or specific things in your life are part of God's plan, we might say, okay, am I becoming more holy? Am I becoming more Christ-like? Because if I am, then I'm living according to God's plan. Am I forming my habits, my attitudes, and my routines into something that more closely resembles what God wants for me? Because if I am, then I'm living according to God's plan. These are the big overarching plans of God. Now, Paul continues to explore these in the next verse. He says, In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Uh Uh-oh, okay. We've arrived at a word that often trips us up, don't we? I've highlighted it. Predestined or predestination is another way that you hear of that said. What Paul says is God predestined humanity for adoption. Sometimes when we think of predestination, we think that we get no choice in the matter. That if God predestined it, it's like saying God predetermined it. And if God predetermined it, then it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. But that doesn't really mesh well with God giving us the free choices, the free ability to choose God in faith and in love. Remember, God being sovereign does not mean that God 
causes or forces everything to happen. I don't want you to have the image of God as a puppet master, just pulling the strings on your life. That's not what we see in the Bible. And so instead, when you see the word predestination in the Bible, because it's there in several places, what I want you to think of it as is as God's pre-planning. Not so much predetermining, but God's pre-planning. God planned ahead of time to adopt humanity into the family of God. And Paul says that that was God's choice according to his pleasure and will, meaning that God was delighted to adopt you into his family. So consider this analogy for a second. Let's say you're planning a summer road trip out west. Would you ever plan that road trip without deciding how far you're going to make it each day, where you're going to spend the night, and maybe even what things you want to see along the way? Absolutely not, right? You would meticulously plan for that trip to make sure that uh, trip was as successful as possible. Now, would everything go according to plan? Probably not. There might be times where the hotel you picked is not really what you had in your vision of it, or maybe one of the national parks was too busy for you to get in. Not everything goes according to plan, but that doesn't mean that we don't plan for these options. In a similar way, what Paul is trying to convey to us is that God pre-plans things for us and our world before God even created this work. And part of that plan was to adopt humanity into the family of God. Now, can you rebel against that plan? Absolutely. Just like children can rebel against the plan of their parents, we can rebel against God's plan. But that doesn't change what the overarching plan for humanity and this world is. I believe that God is continually moving towards this plan, which means God is working in every human heart, moving them in their choices towards an idea of who God hoped for them to be in his grace and love. I thought the author Max Lucado had a, had a great way of saying this. He said, I think to trust in the sovereignty of God does not excuse my personal responsibility, just the opposite. It equips me to be personally responsible. You see, we are better equipped to live holy lives when we fully embrace God's sovereignty in the world. When we put our trust in that to say, yes, I believe that God is in control. I believe that God has a plan for this world and I'm then going to work towards that plan with all of my being. Jumping ahead a few verses, this is how Paul wraps up this discussion. He says, In Christ, we were chosen, having been predestined according to God's plan, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. What I hope you're seeing is that in God's sovereignty, God chose us. That's the bottom line here, what Paul is trying to convey. God chose us and chose humanity. And what does it feel like to be chosen? Well, that idea of being chosen makes me think back to the days of high school dances. Now, I need to tell you, I hated high school dances. 
Those who know me well know that still today, I do not like to dance at all. It may be my least favorite thing to do. But there were times in high school where you just were kind of forced to go. Maybe a group of friends said, we really need to go this time. And I can remember one particular time that there was a girl named Erin. And I said, okay, I'm going to ask her. And I was so nervous. I mean, for a week ahead of time, I, I couldn't think about anything else other than how am I going to ask her to go to this dance. And I, I remember seeing her between classes and thinking, okay, I'm just going to go ask her right now so that I don't have to agonize over this anymore. And I marched right up to her and said, Aaron, will you go to the dance with me? No preamble, no hi, how are you doing? Just spit it right out. And her eyes got kind of big. And she said, oh, um, I'm already going to the dance with James. I said, okay, that's fine. And I, and I left. Well, I was kind of heartbroken at not being chosen. And even more so when I realized later she wasn't going with James. She just didn't want to go with me. I know you can think of times when you were not chosen. But you can also think of times when someone did choose you. When someone said, I accept you. Just as you are, I choose you to be a part of my life. What we're seeing in this scripture is that God chose us. God's plan is for us to be a part of his family. God's hope for us is that we then live our lives according to that plan. God chose us. It makes me think of this final verse that I want to share with you that really I think sums it all together. When Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. These are the plans of God for you that we can really live according to. So when we talk about these big ideas of sovereignty and control, I want this verse to really be the one that still is, is guiding your thoughts towards this issue. Because really, thinking about the vastness of God and God's sovereignty in the world, it can be a little bit like just staring out at the ocean. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.